Hey there, Rare Petro audience. Welcome back to another update. No, this is not Monday Madness, nor is it a Basin Breakdown. But we've got an update on some pretty relevant news, some breaking news, a little win, if you will. But we'll see how long we'll ride that win out because things have been absolutely crazy. So crazy, in fact, that last night while I was working on some online schoolwork, as one does now, it was announced that my graduation, I'm a student at Colorado School of Mines, my graduation was canceled. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm still getting the diploma, or I'd better be. But other than that, you can come back in a future graduation, so say at the end of the next semester in December of 2020, or even the following May, May of 2021. But personally, with the loans I've accumulated, I don't think I have the time to stick around and wait for a ceremony that I may never get. Other than that, they said, we may do an online one, you know, everyone zoom in, I guess, and... <laughs> read names one at a time, or maybe acknowledge this all collectively, but uh, personally, I think my mom's a little bit more upset for that than I am. I mean, I, I didn't really need the recognition of my school, but I know a lot of people wanted to see me walk, and it's strange to think that a lot of families won't get to maybe ever see that from their family member who recently graduated. It's definitely been a strange transition with the whole online work thing, and as a student, take-home exams, uh, a lot harder than I expected, but probably because they expect us to take advantage of resources, so we'll keep moving forward with that. But like I mentioned, we're here today to talk about some news. Normally my morning routine involves at least at some point checking in on oil prices and other commodity prices. Although it's been not so fun lately, you may have seen this morning if you checked, a nice little surprise for oil and gas. Uh, oil prices surged quite a bit. Um, Right now, I mean, it looks like WTI peaked at just about $26.5, which is much higher than the $23 it was at yesterday. So what gives? Well, President Trump actually spoke with CNBC and mentioned how the Saudis and Russia will ease their pressure on oil, potentially putting an end to this price war. Trump mentions how he's just recently completed talks with both the Saudi prince and Putin and how he expects them to announce an oil production cut of 10 million barrels maybe as high as 15 million barrels. Now, personally, to me, this seems like a rather American assessment of the situation, with the key word being expect. I think expecting that Russia behaves in the way America asks and expecting that Saudi Arabia bends to our demands is something that could ruffle the feathers of both of those countries. Russia, in the past, has watched the United States produce as much as it wanted for however long, while simultaneously dealing with sanctions from the United States that hinder its production and pipeline construction. This, combined with the fact that Russia lately has been playing ball with a set of rules set forth by OPEC, despite not being a direct member, um, leads me to believe that nothing will come of this. It's a give-and-take situation, and the U.S. needs to give its word on production cuts, because right now it sounds like Trump expects, again, expects, that both Russia and Saudi Arabia limit their production to benefit the rest of the world. Now, the article also notes that Saudi Arabia is fulfilling its pledge of raising oil exports following the collapse of the OPEC agreement, which, last I heard, they also mentioned they plan to up production again in May. Neil Beveridge of A.B. Bernstein said in a note that, quote, We expect unprecedented levels of stock builds in 2Q20, which could test the limits of both onshore and floating crude capacity. Now, I think it was two Monday manias ago that we did mention that BLCCs are... Very popular right now, very large crude containers, as investors are looking to store a bunch of this oil. This is due to the fact that we are now in a contango environment. 
For those of you unsure of what contango means, since really I myself had to look it up last week when it kept popping up in my newsfeed, it means that essentially people are buying low priced commodities now waiting for the price to go up so that it can be sold for profit. Unfortunately, what that means for oil and gas is that oil barrels are being bought up, stored on land to maximum capacity, now being stored floating out on the ocean at maximum capacity, and investors and operators are waiting for those prices to go back up so that they can sell for a profit. But if Saudi Arabia does plan to up its production for the next three months, wow, taking on even more oil in that second quarter would be absolutely devastating. This is the most likely outcome if an agreement is not reached immediately. Well, if they don't meet the expectations set forth by the U.S. The article also continues saying, The challenge, though, is the size of the oversupply problem. Saudi Arabia and Russia won't single-handedly remove about half of their country's oil production to save the potential 10 to 12 million barrels per day of upstream shut-ins required to balance the market in the second quarter, according to Reistad Energy's head of oil markets, Bjornar Townhaugen. Again, it is simply unreasonable to expect Saudi Arabia to cut that much without ourselves also offering to cut production. Right now, demand is down around 20 million barrels per day due to the coronavirus leaving us somewhere in the neighborhood of a world demand of around 80 million barrels per day. Even if Saudi Arabia, Russia, and the United States cuts production, we would still be oversupplied, not to mention the fact that storage facilities are about to pop both on and offshore. As soon as the price begins to go up from that international, well, the hypothetical international production cuts, it will level as investors who have taken advantage of the contango environment begin to sell. Because as soon as some profit can be made, I mean, at the magnitude of barrels that they're buying, they're going to sell, and that's going to keep the price from rising anymore, because really, we have another supplier now. It's those people that have invested in the contango environment. Even so, this is all speculation over Trump's demands, so it is likely nothing will happen, and Saudi Arabia and Russia will continue to feud. I don't know how much of you guys took a look at the Inverse report on hedging, but we will definitely be talking about that soon in the upcoming couple of days, hopefully next week since it likely plays into the international motives of what's going on, and quite frankly, seems to be one of the most terrifying outcomes. But that's enough of the CNBC article analysis. I think next we should talk about a separate article from the Wall Street Journal. Now this article is about the upcoming meetings that President Trump will have scheduled with majors and smaller oil companies on Friday. The article states, Mr. Trump is unlikely to endorse direct federal aid or market interventions during Friday's meeting, according to a U.S. senior official, but may consider smaller actions, including a waiver of law that requires American vessels to be used to transport goods, including oil, between U.S. ports. The president wants to show support, even if policy opinions are limited for now. It's nice to see that the president is putting resources forward to help companies out in this time, but there will be a big challenge in identifying everyone's needs equally. He has to represent majors and all the other smaller operators in the U.S. at this meeting. The article continues, Mr. Ham, a fracking pioneer who founded Continental, has called for the Trump administration to intervene in the Saudi-Russian price war, potentially putting tariffs on oil imports from the countries. Alrighty, so that's uh, one of the little guys in terms of operators. But what concerns will the majors have? According to the article, Exxon, Chevron, and other large companies don't support any intervention in the oil and gas markets, which they plan to express to the president during the meeting. Mr. Worth of Chevron stated, We believe in markets, and we've got to believe in markets in good times and in tough times. Market interventions are often well-intentioned, but less effective than things that support the broad-based economy. To me, that sounds like the polite way for Chevron to say, Back off, Mr. President. We've got this. 
While it is possible that he was speaking truthfully when he said the money could be better allocated elsewhere into our economy, it's likely that we will see a cutthroat environment coming out between these majors. Of course, some smaller operators will likely shut down as, well, nearly everybody's taking the hits. Whiting, for example, just went under and, well, in one of the slimiest ways possible where execs took $14.6 million in bonuses days before bankruptcy, with the CEO walking away with a fatty $6.4 million to himself, but that's a topic for a different day. This environment will make it likely for big trades, mergers, and acquisitions to go down. For example, I mean, last August, Occidental acquired Inadarko for $55 billion. With the way things are playing out, another major, say Chevron, if the price is right and if the circumstances are right, they could acquire Occidental and it would be a much lower cost. I mean, talk about a twofer. We're going to see some crazy business deals from the companies that survived bankruptcy in these coming months. The article goes on to say, Some policy analysts have suggested a mandatory Texas curtailment could be a part of the grand bargain with Russia and Saudi Arabia to pull back on global production. Many oil executives are concerned about long-term unintended consequences of the U.S. joining such a cartel, and the idea hasn't received much support from the major oil companies or lobbying organizations. To me, it seems like one of the things that most people are agreeing on outside of some of the majors is that production needs to fall within the U.S. Operators are realizing that we need to bring something to the table in terms of this international Saudi Arabia and Russia deal, even if ironically that means bringing less to the table in terms of production. The article continues on saying, The president has few or easy options, and nearly all of them would entail angering one political constituency or another, said Bob McNally, a former energy advisor to George W. Bush. And hey, that just, that just comes with the territory being the president. I'm excited to see what deals and agreements come out of this, but some people are going to come out on top and a lot of people are going to be upset. But as it stands, the coronavirus stimulus package that was passed last week doesn't contain any energy-specific information. So I'm thinking Friday is going to be a big change in those policies. Who knows what it's going to entail. I think that about wraps up uh, these article analyses, the article analysis, you know, that, that might actually be a good name for this segment, Article Analysis. That wraps it up, and I will be sure to post both of those articles onto the show notes on our webpage. So make sure, if you're not following us on LinkedIn, to just go to rarepetro.com, subscribe to the news pulses and news feeds. We will likely have a lot of content coming out, more than just my voice. So keep updated with that, and make sure to subscribe, get on the mail list, so as soon as we put something out there, you are notified, and you are on the cutting edge. Because at Rare Petro, we're trying to modernize the oil field, and part of that mission involves bringing as much information to the table as possible. So please take care, keep washing your hands, and man, I hope my graduation comes back, but <laughs> I won't hold my breath. Hope you all are doing well. Take care, friends. <laughs>